Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Alright, let me get this turned down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Welcome to episode 196 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, much love and respect to everybody out there who listened to episode 195. Uh, I know you guys thoroughly enjoyed that, and we right back at it like I left something. So, um, what's been happening on the home front here is, uh, you know, just preparing for the new baby, um, getting everything ready at the house and um, stuff like that. Also, we just got back from vacation and we just had uh, um, Nina's birthday or second birthday party at the crib. So uh, it's been a lot been going on. So our Disney World trip, uh, we took that um, a couple weeks back. And then the week after that was Nina's birthday party. So we've been pretty busy. But um, Disney World was amazing. As always, we went there uh, back in 2017 uh, with my wife's family. And uh, we didn't have any kids then. So it was pretty special going back five years later with uh, Nina being almost two and uh, my nephews being older. Um, so that was fun with them being, you know, tall enough to ride the, the big rides and stuff like that and to actually, you know, really enjoy enjoy it um some takeaways from uh the trip was um was to uh be a little bit better prepared as far as the flights like we uh got nina a tablet that was her um, big gift for um for her birthday so we opened it early just to kind of keep her you know occupied on the flight and the flight out there it was cool what sucked was um, so it was, you know, you know, it's three to a row. So it's me, my wife and my daughter. And so we thought, you know, we brought the um, the booster seat, her um, her car seat on. And so the FAA regulate that the car seat has to be or the booster seat has to be in the window seat. So we were thinking we could have her sit in the middle. And, you know, that way we have, you know, all this leg room and, you know, because uh, me and my wife are pretty tall and we could just be chilling but nope it was just it was like are you effing serious so now we got her against the window and stuff and i downloaded a bunch of apps on her tablet and it was like baby shark um some elmo interactive stuff uh, which is pretty cool you can have like elmo and cookie monster like facetime you and they'll tell you what they doing and stuff and then like the camera will be on so you can see your face so it looks like an actual facetime call so that's actually pretty um cool application on her tablet and um i had some um what else did i have on there i had um coco melon on there you know the kids go crazy for coco melon and so she was into it a little bit uh she didn't like the headphones and then 
uh, on the last, like the flight down there, it kind of sucked because our flight got delayed by two hours. And this is what was so tough about our flight. So you leave in Central Standard Time, going to Eastern Standard Time, going to EST. And so you're flying ahead. And so you're going to lose an hour, right? So you jump an hour ahead. But we also flew out on a Sunday, which was daylight savings time. So you're actually losing two hours, right? So when it hits, you know, uh, so you're losing, so you lost two hours, you know, uh, springing ahead, springing forward. And it was just like, okay. So we got there, we got to Florida, we got to Orlando at like, I think it was like close to one o'clock in the morning and my daughter was just bright eyed and bushy tailed. Like when the uh, the cargo van came and got us, it was one of those sprinter vans. Real nice, real nice. Um, came and picked everybody up. And uh, yeah, she was just up talking like it wasn't nothing. But it, everything was so new to her. Right. So everything was new and exciting. But uh, when we got to the hotel, um, our hotel was pretty nice. Shout out to my in-laws. They um they had their own room but um me and my brother-in-law and his family we we all had like this uh it was kind of like an apartment it was on the the golf course on uh uh at disney world called shades of green and so that's where we stayed last time but so this time so we had like a full kitchen uh a living room and then there was um then there was two bedrooms but the bedrooms had two queen beds in them each of them had their own bathroom which was so nice um they had their own bathrooms um and then there was a pullout couch that turned into a full-size bed so everybody was comfortable so me and my wife we we each had our own queen bed and then uh nina had her little her had her crib and whatnot and then my brother-in-law and his wife had a bed then my nephews had their own beds and then they had the pull-out bed too so it was dope and then you had the whole living room area and stuff like that so it was fly it was real fly so i'm very appreciative of that and what was even better is that the suite had a washer and dryer so the second to the last night that we were there we were down there for a week we washed all of our clothes so only thing when we got back to flew back to omaha only thing we had to do was just put our clothes up that was just so nice it was so nice so so lovely but uh yeah we had a blast uh down there um there was rides that nina could get on because nina is pretty tall like she just turned two but she is she she is the size of a three-year-old damn near a four-year-old so like with her pull-ups she wears like a 3t 4t and her clothes are like a 3t now like the two t's are getting too small for her. like not width wise but lengthwise because she's a very lanky baby like she a lanky toddler she's very tall and so uh when people see her they think she's older than she is so um yeah so she was able to ride rise which was dope there was um and being there five years later there was just so much different stuff like the toy story land that was pretty dope um seeing that like they had this uh they had this slinky dog uh roller coaster that looked fire uh, we didn't get a chance to ride on that because we didn't get any fast passes for that or um what they call a genie plus now it used to be fast pass five years ago now it's genie plus and that's when you book your um book your rides in advance so because them wait times get crazy that's why people get to those parks so early well so if y'all go down there just make sure you book your um your genie plus or your fast pass ahead so because that line just moves super quick because you're booking so you have a time of like an hour so you can book from like you know uh 
you know, 9.30 to 10.30 and so on and so on. So you got that hour window where there's two separate lines. So you have the standby line where some of them lines be like 120 minutes. People literally be standing in line for like two hours. And then you have that fast pass or Genie Plus line where you just moving. You just moving. It's like the express checkout. You got, you know, like when you see a bunch of people waiting in line for a cashier and you have that self checkout. It's kind of like that. But you know, and then you have to like hit your card or you have the little bracelet and then it lets you know that you're, you know, you're eligible to get in there and stuff like that. So we booked all the big rides, which was fire. And um, so at the um, which parks had the best? Well, Hollywood Studios was amazing. So the best ride that we rode on me and my nephew we were talking about was uh, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Like that shit was bananas. So. When we originally went to Hollywood Studios five years ago, none of that Star Wars shit was built yet. Like it was under construction, but you go there now and the shit looks like the set of like uh fucking uh Boba Fett, like the the Mandalorian or something like that. And they crazy foods. Um and that's where you build you, you pay like a hundred bucks and you can build your own um lightsaber and it comes in this case and there was everybody from like five-year-olds to 55-year-olds having these these cases carrying them around um you know with their lightsabers in it and it's it literally felt like you were on like Tatooine or some Star Wars planet right but the Rise of the Resistance ride was like the best ride because it was like it was one of those 4D experiences so they have a lot of those rides where how do I explain it where it's very interactive so with this ride um and you guys can look it up online but this one is like um so you're dealing with like the latest star wars um characters you know like uh finn ray and all of those those people and stuff like that and it's pretty much a heist like the whole ride is like a heist so you get on uh this like space bus or whatever and the guy i forgot his name with the with the bubble eyes and it's the meme it's a trap you know it's that dude so he's like flying you to sneak on board to um to save some people or some shit and then you get kidnapped and what fucks you up is um somebody walks in so it's like oh we've been kidnapped and you're like what and then so like all of a sudden these doors open up because you're on like standing on like a kind of like a subway car type thing you know you're just standing up and everything and then all of a sudden it's like you got kidnapped so it's like moving a little bit the subway car then the doors open up and you're on and then a guy steps in so like a a, a, a disney world employee who's dressed like one of the bad guys steps in he's like you've been kidnapped you need to come out here and go to the right and so as soon as you step off like this bus thing or whatever it's like nothing but fucking stormtroopers like staring at you armed and then then the ride just gets super crazy so um so you get kidnapped and then you have to deal with kylo ren and all this other stuff and uh yeah and so once you're in the interrogation room which is even crazier so the star wars employee the uh the bad guys like you know talking shit to you and everything like the lady was talking shit to my nephews and stuff it was funny because they don't break character at all right and so 
you're in this interrogation room and Kylo Ren is like, I'm going to be back for you. So you're in this room with the people on the ride because they break you up because at first it's like a huge group. Then they break you up in like groups of what is it, seven or something like six or seven. And uh, I think it's yeah, I think it's seven. Yeah, groups of seven. And so they break you up and then you're sitting, you're standing in this room and then there's like an image of Kylo Ren. And he's like, I'm going to be right back to interrogate you. So you're just standing in this black room. Then all of a sudden to your right, you see somebody like cutting through the wall or whatever. And they make like an exact door shape, you know, like a lightsaber cutting through a wall or something. And another employee uh, uh, Disney World employee another actor comes in the door opens up and he's like this is part of the resistance we gotta go I'm breaking you out of here right now and so then you get on the ride so you go through all this shit and then you get on the ride and it's it's fucking crazy so you get on this ride and you like sitting in like a kind of like a roller coaster type seat with the uh with the shoulder harnesses over you and shit and then you're just like zipping and flying through the um the um it's not the the death star but whatever they call it in the new star wars so you're just zipping and flying through that and there then it opens up and then there's these big ass like those those at ats that was in the first star wars a new hope or i don't know which one but those big ass walking things that you had to put the trip wires around and trip them and shit but so you come out in the big big and you see those they don't move or nothing but the whole time there's like laser beams being shot at you and it's like hitting the walls and making burn burn marks and shit like that and then you get into an escape pod and the drop is crazy so like the whole time you're just zipping and flying through like this whole maze of the death star then you make it to an escape pod and then it has this crazy drop where your stomach literally goes into your throat and it's like a whole 4d experiences like with smells and smoke and actors and stuff like that and it was just crazy we couldn't stop talking about it but that was the best ride in the whole park and then the second one second best one was probably the ratatouille experience at epcot and that one um nina was tall enough to ride that one so in ratatouille you know you're dealing with the rat that's cooking the ratatouille and stuff like that but this is like um i forgot the rat's name but it's like the kitchen escape so you're like in this little car that's shaped like a mouse and you're literally like zipping and running through the kitchen and you smell the food cooking and um there's like these huge screens like you're it looks like you're the size of a mouse and so like the people are all big and stuff on the screens and uh they're like trying to hit you with a broom and stuff and then they uh the champagne bottle pops and like water sprays in your face and it's going real fast and stuff and nina had a blast and my wife did too on that but that was the second best ride and um let's see what else um the spaceship ride was cool that was kind of scary that was a little terrifying um there was a ride at epcot that was closed five years ago but it was open this time and it had all these crazy ass warnings and it was like this ride does two and a half g's in speed if you got high blood blood pressure if you're scared of small confined spaces um and it had all kind if you have bad anxiety it just had all these warnings because there was two different missions you could do you could do the mission where you just fly around the earth which is kind of mild and stuff like that then you had the mars mission where basically that was the intense one that did like two and a half g's so like it was like astronaut training so 
I'm nervous as fuck, but I didn't want to look like a like a bitch in front of my nephew, my oldest nephew, because he's all hyped about it. So I'm like, all right, we about to do this shit, <laughs> you know, the whole time. And so um, so it's my father-in-law, my brother-in-law with us. So we all did it. Everybody else was like, nah, fuck that. Well, I'm not doing that shit because <laughs> it had all these warnings. And so we getting up there and it's like, which one you want to do? And of course, my oldest nephew, he's just like, we're doing the Mars one. That's that's the intense one. Right. And so as you're doing, so as you're waiting in line to go through and stuff like that, it, it's still hitting you with all these warnings and shit like that. And so they split you up in teams of four. Um, somehow we got split up. So it was me and my father-in-law. And then it was uh, it was two little Hispanic girls that was on our team. And so what happens is this is crazy. So they assign you different um, positions on the spaceship. So one is like the pilot. The other is the engineer. Um, something is a scientist. And then the other one is like some kind of navigator or whatever. So and you got to hit these buttons at the right time to make your mission successful. Right. So you get into this pod type thing and you have a screen and a joystick in front of you. Right. So you have a screen about the size of a laptop screen, but it's um, it's like the laptop screen is like vertical. So it's like a like a vertical rectangle in front of you. And so so you have the joystick is kind of far away. So you're sitting in this seat. You know, I got my father-in-law to the left of me and the two Hispanic girls to the left. And um, so you got this harness on you like a roller coaster harness. You know, it, it clamps down tight on your chest. And then all of a sudden the screen and the joystick and the buttons you need to push comes right to you. And it's like probably about six, seven inches from your face. And so you're just like, you know, you tight in there. It's like you're in a coffin. Literally, it's like you're in a coffin with three other people. And I'm like, okay, I'm in there like, all right, let's take some deep breaths. Right. And so the um, the commander or the chief operations officer, she comes on the TV screen on the monitor and she tells you, you know, hey, at this moment, you got to hit this button. You got to do this. You got to do that. And so but the craziest part was takeoff. That's when you hit them two and a half G's. And it literally felt like like I cannot describe this feeling, but it feels like um, like the weight of the world is being pushed towards you all of a sudden, but it washes away like it's a very weird feeling. It feels like it's it feels kind of like the very first time that you rode a plane and you kind of take off, but more intense than that. And that was that was the craziest sequence. So then it shows you lifting off into space. Then once you reach space, you know, it kind of flattens out and stuff. And then it's telling you, you got to hit this button. You got to hit this button and all this other stuff. Then you have like a rough landing and stuff like that. And because you're trying to land on Mars and colonize Mars and all this other shit. But that takeoff was so intense, but it gave you a feeling that I really just can't describe like it was the craziest feeling in the world and it was like it felt like it was like I need to chase this feeling again because you I've never felt anything like that before you know like taking off in the plane like this is cool but hitting them two and a half g's I could only imagine it feels like if y'all ever you know did one of those like fighter jet simulations or you know at them air shows where sometimes they'll let like a lucky winner you know um you know take a fly fly up in a jet with somebody i can only imagine it feels like that but that was a crazy ride and then what else 
Then the Avatar ride, that was bananas. We did that on the last day because we did some park hopping and stuff like that. The Avatar ride was cool. Um, that was another 4D experience. So with that one, um, it was it was cool. It was all right. Um, like waiting in line and stuff was cool and stuff and just how you go through like this whole this this jungle type thing and then you waiting in the wings of this like um this hangar and so basically you connect to an avatar and you're pretty much on like a it feels like the ride is like a jet ski type ride and so you're sitting there like straddled on to something and you got these glasses and it's a 4d experience so you got this huge screen in front of you but the whole time it looks like you're flying on one of them banshees type things from the avatar and so when you're uh you're like flying and then like water is hitting your face and like dirt is like you can smell the dirt and then uh you can smell like different flowers and stuff and yes it was cool and you had like some some dips and some stuff like that but that was cool but the best ride like i said was the star wars one that was the best one and then um what was it the there was a phantasm something with daffy duck not daffy duck but um donald duck where you had to wear these glasses in a movie theater and basically he takes um what does he take he takes mickey mouse's hat or something or his wand uh you know from uh uh phantasm or whatever it is called and uh so all of a sudden it magically transports him to um like different songs so like little mermaid the lion king um what else did they have i forgot the other song um aladdin and so the whole time this was like a 4d experience too so the whole time it's like the wind blowing in your face like you know it's like a 3d movie but at the same time wind blowing in your face and then when he was underwater splashing around there was like spritzes of water hitting your face and stuff and nina loved it the whole time she's like reaching out trying to grab stuff and you know at the 3d screen so that was dope it was dope it was a great time great time um but if y'all get a chance definitely take your asses on down to disney world and we didn't see no weirdo shit down there i know there was a lot of um uh right before we went there was this whole right wing push to um boycott disney and all this other shit uh but we didn't see any weirdos outside like trying to boycott disney world and disney world is fucking huge like you have to get like a bus or a, a, a trolley type thing to different um parks and stuff like that and some of those it takes a minute to get there but disney world is huge it's fun i don't care how old you are uh take your asses down there and just have a good time and also there's plenty of uh youtube pages that show you how um you can actually just put down like a like if you want to do it uh like plan like a year out or whatever or like six months out where you can get to the point where you just put like a $500 deposit down and then you can pay on your trip because Disney World is expensive as fuck. But you can, you know, pay for your trip, you know, out of each paycheck or do it when you're, you know, when you get your taxes, if you get a tax refund. But yeah, and then Nina had her birthday party, um, you know, the following weekend. Uh, which was a blast shout out to everybody who came uh you know bunch of bunch of her friends came and you know it was just nice it was nice her cousins came play cousins came and she had a blast and yeah she's the big two and she's you know stringing sentences together and 
just you know working our nerves but we love her so let's um go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen uh let's see what's the first thing first we're going to talk about it looks like here in omaha um police are actually starting to feel the effects of less pe- people you know want to uh join the the bigotry brigade you know what i'm saying so uh bigotry brigade there we go i said it right this time so let me go ahead and hit this up so uh the omaha road herald they ran an article that said omaha police grapple with hiring and keeping officers and uh my homegirl, her sister is um part of the um the uh she's like the deputy chief and um and she heads the executive service bureau that actually oversees hiring and training and stuff like that and she was talking about how um well she really didn't say too much but the they have a fear that the increase that the decreased force could um correlate to like fewer services and stuff like that and they're just not seeing as many people filling out that application but you know what it is i think for me i don't think it's the whole you know let's hold police accountable defund the police and shit like that uh what it is we haven't really had any uh high profile cases no high profile killings of a black person and black folks ain't out in the street you know raising hell and demanding justice so you don't have that fringe group of you know let me put these niggas in check with some new law and order you know applying for these uh for these uh blue lives matters positions that's what's happening it's been kind of quiet on these streets um i mean nationally it's been quiet and you really haven't been seeing anything you haven't seen any uh names as a hashtag or anything like that so I mean, that's what we're really seeing. They're trying to blame it on other stuff like public shaming and shit like that. And um, also what the OPD is seeing now is um, early retirement, too. So I think that is the cause of all the shit that happened um, within the last few years here in Omaha, because um, with the James Scurlock situation, rest in peace. I mean, folks was on every official's bumper. We got um, Ben Gray dusty ass up out the paint as far as uh, city council. And he was pissed about that. And he tried to blame us for it. But he just he doesn't he didn't do shit like he came in with some great um, energy and, you know, promising to do that, this, that and the third. And then once he got in there, he just turned into a lifetime politician. And it was just like, all right, we'll just keep voting for this nigga because he's black. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, people just stopped having it. Like, man, we got to get you to fuck on up out of here. You ain't speaking up about this, that, and the third. You're uh, not following through on your promises that you had. And, yeah, he was pissed about losing, but it is what it is. Um, But so what we saw with this whole James Scurlock situation, rest in peace, is... um, you know people was uh demanding accountability people was on these police officers neck they was on the police chief's neck and you know i feel like a lot of those older cops was like i can't do this shit i cannot do this shit i want to be you know not corrupt as possible but i want things to go the way that they should have that the way that they've been going and i don't want y'all to do shit about it but now it's like uh, okay i'm i'm fucking tired i'm fucking tired these 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 north old negroes is on my back i'm fucking done every time i pull up and try to stop somebody whipping out a camera and all this other shit i'm done i'm retiring but 
uh, they talk. They're trying to say that um, we won't feel the um, the the effects or the impact of the fewer candidates in the early retirements. But you know what? If it gets to the point where we do feel the impact, um, I just want them to stop with the broken window policing. Just stop it. Just fucking stop it. It's just so many times where you see people just being pulled over for the dumbest shit. Just the dumbest shit. You know, it's nothing that's like safety wise or anything like that. It's always, you know, collecting money for the city. It's just traffic tickets after traffic tickets and shit like that. You know, and then hopefully it gets to the point where they start taking these motherfuckers up out these Walmarts, though. But I know punk ass high V is uh, starting to have uh, armed cops and off duty cops at their stores now too. a helpful smile in every eye of my ass. Um, let's see what else is going on, though. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the uh, Ricketts family is catching hail across the pond. Uh, old hot dog head Ricketts. Uh, he's been in hot water late, lately because of how he's been denying the uh, second wave of rental relief funds uh, from the COVID uh, war chest, right, from the federal government. And so I talked about it before on the last podcast, just how he was saying that, um, that this was a waste of government money nebraskans didn't need it blah 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 so he was sending it back but what was going to happen is that those funds would have been sent to other states but since the legislate legislators up on capitol hill here in uh lincoln down in lincoln i should say uh they basically put together some sort of bill to um override what the governor was doing then he, he somehow then he he overrid that then they had the power to veto it but that didn't happen but those relief funds are going to go to the two biggest counties which is lancaster county and douglas county somehow some way so what's fucked up is all these rural areas out in the panhandle and just west of you know omaha and lincoln they're not going to get any of those funds so it's just going to omaha and lincoln as far as cities wise and the little um the little subdivisions and shit like that that connect to douglas county and it's like fuck but that's who his base is it's not a city folks here in omaha and lincoln it's it was the rural people the the farmers the people who got it from the mud you know the trailer little trailer park towns and shit like that and that's who voted him in but uh he's done for he's not running for re-election or anything like that and he's just like fuck it you know hey fuck y'all i got what i needed out of y'all and uh this is it you know this is my last hurrah so he really doesn't care and so that's unfortunate for those people out there but um you know people always vote against their own interests they really do they really do we see that so many times uh we see that with white folks poor white folks you know voting for you know fucking billionaires we see that with us black folks voting for these democrats just because they're democrats you know we see in uh, what's happening right now and i'll talk about that later in uh selling hope like dope but um you know with the the ukrainians and shit like that and the biden fiasco with this whole bullshit but um anyways going back to this ricketts situation uh the whole family is catching hell from across the pond because they are trying to buy the chelsea football club 
So yeah, that Chelsea Football Club, that 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 powerhouse of a soccer team. I don't know if they're a powerhouse in recent years, but it's well known. And so there's been protests, there's been the hashtags trending on Twitter called No to Ricketts, and they've been calling out all kind of shit uh, for him and uh, his family to not, um, you know, buy buy out that team because they're in a bidding war to actually own that squad and they already own the Cubs and you see how the Cubs are doing the Chicago Cubs the baseball team so um you know they were calling out Todd Ricketts Joe Ricketts and Pete Ricketts so um yeah people across the pond they don't want none of them folks there was a something called the Chelsea Supporters Trust which is a verified account on Twitter and they had a survey about the Ricketts and it was saying that 72% of those polled uh, do not have confidence that the Ricketts family would run an inclusive and successful club and then 77% do not support the Ricketts uh, family's bid at all and uh, you know they say um, they do not believe that it's in the best interest of our members for the Ricketts to bid bid to succeed Um, and they just tweeted that out a couple days ago so we'll see what happens with this. Um, but I wonder what what the fuck did uh, uh, the Cheeto in Chief mean when he was something happened uh, with the Cubs situation, I think. And uh, Trump was talking about that the whole family had some secrets and he said, you don't want them getting out. I wish he would have just just started running his mouth i wish he would have just just came on about the paint but i talked about you know how racist the daddy was and you know damn well that the that the sons that they were you know they just like their daddy you know sins of the father so it is what it is but yeah the whole time it was just hashtag no to rickets no to racism and they were telling him to buck off and stuff like that so yeah i came across that actually accidentally i was looking up rickets and i just seen all these tweets and i'm just like oh shit what's going on and then oh they about they trying to get these niggas up out the paint i was like cheerio cheerio pip pip you know but uh let's see what else is going on with that good old summer damn jam screen let's see i'm sorry for talking so long about disney world but that shit was fire though um uh right now people are kind of throwing a fit about uh black lives matter the organization uh there was a a deafening a damning report out of new york magazine um uh called the intelligencer and it was talking about how they used that influx of money that they got they got like 66 m's from the whole george floyd situation may that man rest in peace um they used like six million dollars of that money to buy a fly-ass crib in california and um what the fuck was they calling it they was calling it campus and the guy it was a brother who wrote this uh report sean campbell and uh, he was talking about how bad it hurt to actually you know uncover this shit and uh how they used them proceeds uh to buy that house cash (coughs) excuse me and they were talking about it could be used for uh like a safe house and all this other shit and it had italian marble got a pool and all this other fly shit in there and um yeah yeah i just to me i feel like this happens all the time with um how do i say this with non-profits that they you know misuse funds but they have a tighter paper trail than black lives matter if it makes sense right um 
they can use it and they so what blm should have done and i'm not saying that it's it's uh, morally correct but what they should have done is you know hired a lawyer you know right away and kind of looked into if they wanted to buy the crib and shit like that and you know kind of you know let their nefarious intentions be known to the lawyer and then the lawyer could have you know put them on the right track like a property lawyer could have put them on the right track to you know kind of have that you know that paperwork stacked in a way where it would you know take forever to kind of dig out and you know see what actually who paid for it and how it paid for it because i think first they bought it then they transferred the title uh to a llc so i mean that was that's only you know with two stacks that's only one one layer you know you have to have that shit so deep and so you know locked airtight that you know the shit come out 20 30 years later you know what i'm saying but what made this so bad with blm is um you know black folks you know we gonna scrutinize everything you do if you're getting some money to help black folks i mean you look at any kind of black person who got some money uh we will have an opinion on what to do with that money and rightfully so with this organization i don't think we should be doing that with like celebrities and shit like that but rightfully so with black lives matter because you know they made their money off of death black deaths you know um you know every single time you know a hashtag went up high profile death you know white guilt kicked in and tens of millions of dollars came running in but it's just like well what did y'all do you know what i'm saying what are y'all doing with that money especially you know it came in the wake of uh mike brown rest in peace and you know i i don't think they did a damn thing in ferguson except you know get rich that was it you know i know that blue vest nigga he claimed he wasn't part of black lives matter but he sure he sure you know wrote a book got all these speaking engagements he does not work a regular job anymore and you know when white folks feel guilty they call deray you know and i don't know the other girl netta i don't know what the fuck going on with her but as far as the actual blm um organization there's so many people that dropped out of it because they just seen how it was a cash grab and shit like that and i just think the money got you know came came just flowing in that much money and you don't know what to do with it and you know greed takes over and you know now we're in this situation right here and uh with this whole story about the six million dollar house is um they were trying to get the the investigative uh, journalist or the journalist to um, basic basically just like hey call it this don't put that in there don't put this in there but you know he just had to air the whole thing out so um you know i it wouldn't look as bad if they did amazing things with the other 60 million dollars the other 10 million dollars the other 20 million dollars the other 100 million dollars they got from uh george soros and the other you know white liberals if they actually did something if they actually opened up like some kind of war chest for uh, some kind of defense fund for black folks who've been wrongly convicted um if they actually paid for funerals 
if they built community centers, if they backed politicians, um, you know, something. But everybody knew it was some fuck shit when they seen how black men and black fathers weren't listed under the official website when it was just talking about like queer families and single motherhood and stuff like that and there there just what wasn't any initiatives going on there was one that they did and they partnered with uggs and it was just somebody like a nigga dancing up on capitol hill they were like yeah we did that we did a commercial and partnered with uggs and it was just like well what the fuck you did with the rest of the money right and so nobody knows what's going on with the rest of the money um haven't done anything for a black life and it's just like they just use that money to enrich their own black lives but you know i just think greed i think it started all out from a genuine place and then like capitalistic greed just took over you know when you not used to having money and not running the organization and you know trying to be in that philanthropic nonprofit area it you know it gets easy to be corrupted um let's see what else we had on that good old summer damn jam screen uh we'll end it on a positive note um let me pull this up here uh it looks like the wage gap might be narrowing between genders so the pew research group ran a story uh, about a week ago um, saying that young women are out earning young men in several u.s cities so they have a whole map the pew research group and is saying the medium annual income earnings of uh women as a percentage of men's median among full-time year-round workers younger than 30 so the group of 30 and under women are really doing their thing so um it looks like so let me break this down real quick so um the gap is like shortening right so what you're seeing is about 90 so like here in our let's say the metro area so that's going to include council tucky that include council bluffs and like um vista probably bellevue um let's see what else papillion vista ralston so yeah so the metro area so it looks like um women are earning um 90 to 99 percent of what men earn here which is good and then there's other parts in like southern california parts on the east coast um let's see here what is that new mexico um and then parts of washington where women are actually making more than their male counterparts so there's a lot of there's a lot of good that's it's great right for 30 and under women so that's just something that's kind of nice to see especially me with me being a girl dad and about to bring these two women up in the world bring these two girls into womanhood it's just nice to kind of see that going on so um so let's see here in the midwest area you look at it's about 93 percent total of the gap so about seven percent of women you know are making less than so about 93 percent of women are making close to what men make or about 93 so 93 percent are making close to what men make which is which is which is great 
still got a long way to go but i mean it, it works it works and i don't know if the pandemic helped with that um just because with uh so many um so many people like taking their time out to you know learn new skills get into tech um different work from home jobs and shit like that and make more money but um yeah it's dope but they were talking about that men under 30 usually work about 44 hours a week on average compared to the 42 hours amongst young women so that could contribute to like those close ones like here in you know omaha metro area where you know there's a difference in earnings so it could be hours worked but i mean it's dope it's i mean it's hope it's hope it's hopeful um makes me feel good but uh, i would like to see this broken down by race but you know i don't want to pull out the race card in the race casino because i might get kicked out <laughs> anyway uh let me leave it to my nigga hove uh hove what you got to say don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggles, for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope. Uh, we have to give it to this administration. Um, they're bringing over a hundred thousand bigots from the Ukraine. So if y'all saw the Grammys the other night, um, a couple nights ago. You saw the Ukrainian president in his bunker, you know, shouting out the artists and telling them to keep creating music and keep, um, you know, the Ukrainians to the forefront and blah, 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 and public view and all this other shit. And then, you know, people started seeing pictures and videos of how they've been mistreating those africans over there and uh of them being nazi sympathizers and shit of that sort and so it really started to hit home once the peace corps uh documents leaked about how the ukrainians act towards uh non-whites so check this out so this is who we bring in over here right so it was so the Peace Corps was talking about what you would expect, what you can expect dealing with the Ukrainian refugees once they get over here or if you over there uh, doing some relief efforts. So it says they often assume that African-American or Asian-American volunteers are university students from Africa or Asia rather than Americans. Thus, these volunteers may be stopped to show their identification papers more frequently than other volunteers. Okay, and then uh, a volunteer they have like testimonials from volunteers in the Peace Corps. And then saying that uh, occasionally I'm mistaken for an Arab or African refugee and I hear some people shouting. Um, then it goes on to talk about for black folks. It's saying that um, you'll get stared at. Um, you know, they say that they are black folks are a part of the day to day life, um, which is some bullshit. They're like making all these um, excuses for the racist behavior. But uh, one volunteer said that it is not uncommon for Ukrainians to refer to African-Americans as niggas. Volunteers of color may be called a monkey or may see children's games with uh, blackface. Nigga. So this is who you bringing over here. And then so you have so you so you are so coded and wrapped up in your blanket of racism, white supremacy that 
even with your home bombed dilapidated just decimated to pieces uh, a black person hands you some water some food gets you set up with some shelter and what do you say thanks nigger like is that is that what happens like this just proves that racism white supremacy is a global system because you can't make excuses for people just you know ukrainians are using the word nigga like you know how crazy that is they're using that word and probably can't speak speak you know barely any english but they know nigga they know that word they know what it means and they know it's derogatory but we up here not we but the peace corps is making excuses oh they're only around other ukrainians and oh they think you're african nigga that does not know no they shouldn't be talking to africans like that so you dealing with africans all the time but you see a black american you think that it's an african let me see your papers let me see your papers nigga you know what i'm saying like get the fuck out of here and this is who you bringing over here and what what are the men gonna do once they get over here you know most of the men probably have some some sort of military experience what they gonna do naturally join the police force right and it's gonna be that old you know song and dance again right so then it goes on to talk about um how if they can tell that you're gay or lesbian or some shit like that um you know the lgbtq lifestyle is hidden from the public and kept very discreet um and it also said that transgender volunteers are recommended to not disclose their gender identity to host country nationals and um it was talking about to um if you don't feel comfortable who have this says for transgender individuals who have been on their journey for long enough to feel comfortable passing it can be easy to blend into the culture so if you a strong-faced uh she-male transgender woman um they gonna give you hell okay so it's talking about some gender non-conforming volunteers on the transgender spectrum or transgender volunteers who are early in their journey may face similar issues to gay and lesbian volunteers as well as volunteers of color due to the fact that for most ukrainians this is their first experience with someone with this identity okay so you threw people of color in with the the trans and the gay folks the leg booty community but under the black folks you were saying that they do have interactions with black folks which is it okay is it uchiwali or is it one mic you know what i'm saying so then they're even prejudiced against volunteers with disabilities you know so you you in your uh wheelchair or something like that and you hand in a ukrainian a water they laughing at you and making fun of you so it just doesn't make any fucking sense and then Jewish people be catching hell too. One person said that they um, um, a Muslim might face extra hardship. And then uh, the same volunteer was talking about. I hear a lot of Jewish jokes, and um, they didn't want to explain like kosher eating and shit like that. And then if you think that you're just some white cis male or female, they also look down on you if you're not married to like your girlfriend or boyfriend. So we're just bringing over a, a bunch of uh, Neanderthals. That's that's exactly what we're bringing all over here. Some backwards ass thinking cavemen and women. That's what we're bringing over to the United States of America. 
So we're going to Americanize, try to Americanize them and teach them the difference between nigga and nigger. Just what the fuck. And then an HBCU, Hampton University, had the audacity to be like, oh, the Ukrainians that are facing hardship, once they come over here, they can learn at our university for free. Like, Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is why no progress has really been made you know post-civil rights because we just it's just so many of us in these high places these black faces in high places just be on the coon train and be so comfortable you know skinning and grinning soft shoeing or being the only black in that place and there's so many black folks facing student loan hell but here you got an HBCU that's just like, hey, come on over here, racist white man, racist white woman, and get a free education at this black university. And then once you get in a position of power, I want you to use your power to just degrade me and hinder me from progress and growth. Like, this is the definition of selling hope like dope. Like, we have a so-called liberal um, administration in here opening up the doors to bigots oh we can love that hate out of there like get the fuck out of here you know exactly what you're doing you're bringing up the numbers for the dominant society you know trying to get it to grow and these people gonna get over here start fucking like jack rabbits and you know it'll add another 10 years of domination of uh, the dominant society and like i said before on podcasts in years prior I said one of two things is going to happen before 2040. Um, Either they're going to accept the dominant society is going to accept Hispanics as fully white to boost their numbers, or they're going to bring in refugees from some war torn European country. And what's happening now in 2022, 18 years before the number starts is dwindling down before the prediction of, you know, the dominant society becoming a minority. Damn. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right. So holding this L is our white allies this time, um, or I should say our white almost allies, um, these people that came out after the Will Smith incident, um, after he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock, um, you know, the white folks that came out and were, you know, they said it in a in a way that all it was was I was so close to supporting you Negroes until Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I was this close. I was this close. I was going to donate three dollars to the Black Lives Matter movement. I really was. I was going to put a sign up in uh, my car window, you know, for you guys. Um, it didn't say Black Lives Matter, but it was like this Basquiat, uh, Andy Warhol hybrid uh, window decal that I was going to put up. I was going to do it. I really was. I was going to do it. But I, you know, the, the slap just showed me how brutal you people are. It just Somebody as wholesome as Will Smith has that angry Negro gene inside of him. And I felt like I was slapped. I know it was black on black, but I felt like he slapped me too. I was so close. I was so, so close to supporting you Negroes. So close to supporting the colors. But now I can't 
I can't. I just don't know. I just don't know if you're going to slap me or rape me. I just I just don't know. It just it, it proves what we've been saying behind closed doors all all along. You know, Will Smith did the you know, he did the uh, the uh, how do you say it? He did the uh, the quiet part out loud. I knew behind closed doors, you guys are brutes and animals. Uh, you guys do that in your urban areas, but not the Oscars. They're sacred. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. So that was pretty much, you know, we saw so many people. I saw some nurse or doctor. I, I don't know what the fuck she was. She was talking about if Will Smith would have slapped Betty White, uh, she could have fell back and cracked her head and been dead. Like the woman been dead for a few weeks now, a few months now. Betty White has. She was 99. Why would Will Smith slap? Betty White why would he go up there and slap an old white woman Will Smith wouldn't even slap a white man if they said that about Jada you know what I'm saying he was so comfortable with Chris Rock knowing Chris Rock ain't a fighter that's why he slapped him he didn't punch him like if you got an open you know open face you about to swing on somebody another man you're gonna use your fist to punch him and knock him out but he slapped Chris Rock like he was a child or like he was a woman you know what I'm saying so there were so many like Amy Schumer was talking about how uh, she couldn't tell uh, Alec Baldwin joke about him killing somebody. But Will Smith could slap people and stay there. And then Alec Baldwin chimed in, too. I'm like, nigga, you killed somebody on set. Like you caught a body. And now you talking about somebody getting slapped. You have an opinion. Like, what the fuck? But yeah, they just, you know, Will Smith, a nigga now. And uh, he, he got his nigga wake up call. He's getting it now. Uh, I don't even think I don't ever think Will got that. I don't think he ever got that because he he was the wholesome Negro. But he, he got his nigga wake up call now. There's like Netflix and another movie studio has pulled away from some projects that he got going on. And uh, I don't know if this is true, but it's been saying uh, allegedly that uh, Jada was saying that she's not the type of woman that needs protecting or some shit like that so I know they are gonna get on red table talk and she's going to flip it on Will and do some shit like that was just your ego talking that was all your macho bravado you know you didn't need to do that you know she gonna say some shit like that but at the end of the day with this whole Will Smith situation uh, this was him uh, he, he has been that woman has been embarrassing him since she got that Facebook deal. Um, she has been embarrassing that man. Just how she talks about him, how she, you know, just, you know, she knows, you know, she still has a thing for Tupac. And this man has just been through hell in the public eye. And the reason he's putting up with this is because she's his beard. And um, shout out to Dwayne Martin. And she's holding some secrets in from that brother like man just come on up out that closet will just come on out as bisexual um you know we living in a time where the leg booty community is is celebrated um just just come on out brother like you you are being embarrassed day in and day out now it's rumored that Al August Alcina is about to capitalize off this. He's about to write a book about his quote unquote entanglement with Jada and how he got Will's blessing. Like nobody talks about that. So I don't know if they was all three in that goddamn bedroom. But or he, or Will Smith was in the, cr in the corner crying with his dick in his hand watching August wear that thing out. But 
it is what it is. But um, as far as holding this L, we have to give it to our white allies. It was so many people, white folks came out on Twitter and Instagram and making videos. And, you know, like it was like it was the worst day that like it was D-Day or like if it was lot 9-11 or some shit. You know, they up here. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, make sure you hit like, share and subscribe. Let's just talk about this Will Smith slap. I just felt like I got slapped too, bruh. You know? Like, this is the Fresh Prince, bruh. Like, how do you just become such an angry brute, dude? Like, you know, hey, hey guys, make sure you comment too. Comment below. But I just, I just felt like I got slapped too, man. You know, all of America just feels like they've been slapped by Will Smith, man. You know, I, I'm gonna come back to it. Um, you know, catch me on TikTok Live. Um, I might go live on Instagram and Facebook later. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm just really hurt about this, guys. I might, you know, take a take a little break from social media because it's too much, man. I just feel like Will Smith betrayed all of America right now, man. But uh, yeah, yeah, share this video. You know, I didn't mean to get so deep on you guys, but uh, yeah, share the video, like, subscribe, comment below, let me know what you think, and uh, yeah, catch me on TikTok Live later. Man, if y'all don't get the fuck out of here, hold this L. Get your mans. You win. Perfect. All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. Uh, before we give it to uh, the star-studded Don Staley, um, man, did y'all hear the new Pusha T and uh, Jay Z track? That's pretty fire. Um, neck and wrist. It got the. Um, it got the. It has. Uh, it's has some fire drums. It has those what's beef drums that I like to call. Um, you know that was produced by I think the Hitman or was it that Nasheen cat? You know. I don't know if it was Chucky Thompson and them with the Hitman, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, it has that old kind of biggie feel with those drums and what's beef. But uh, but it's produced by For Real. And uh, yeah, it's a fire-ass song. I, I played that probably my whole drive out to uh, Sarpy County. But um, anyways, um, yeah, shout out to Dawn Staley. She is on her, her other collegiate win uh, for a national title. She's the only black coach in uh in sports i think i believe so in uh collegiate sports or probably even sports uh period to have multiple uh national titles national championships so salute to her i know she was out there coaching in that uh forty five hundred dollar jacket so that money must be good uh she'd be killing it with the with the outfits on the sidelines and stuff coaching so salute to that sister but moving on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth we are well into tax season y'all got that money y'all got a few racks you know sitting in your bank account hopefully y'all ain't blew it all but um this uh this quote comes from uh, Groucho Marx, uh -oh. but um, it says money frees you from doing things you dislike. Since I dislike doing nearly everything, money is handy. So right now in my big age, I am trying to figure out. I just hit um, the 700 plus club on my credit, right? So I'm in the, I'm in the like, what, 720, 730, something like that in my credit. So I'm trying to figure out how to utilize my credit 
uh, for investments. You know, I'm, I don't really want to jump into real estate right now just because how crazy the market is. Like, I'll let y'all in on some shit. Um, so a house up the street from me was selling. They just redid the inside. Um, the outside is, sh it's not shitty, but it, it doesn't have a lot of what they say, a uh, curb appeal. But it's a few blocks from me, a few blocks west of me. And I remember, I don't know if I was complaining on here about how high our property taxes have gotten in the last couple of years. But um, the housing market is just crazy now. When we bought our house, this house that we're in right now, it is a three bedroom, four bathroom. Um, well, one full bath and then three half baths or quarter baths, whatever you want to call it. I just know I got four toilets in here and I got a shower downstairs in this bathroom and then I got a tub upstairs. So then I got two quarter baths, you know, where you can shit and wash your hands. So, all right. So, and we got a lower level, upper level, and we have a pool and we're sitting on an acre. So we bought our house back in 2017 for 215 he was asking 230 i believe but the pool was dirty um there was some stuff that needed to be done so he knocked off it was a 10 or 15 grand so we got it for for 215 yeah so knocked off 15 grand and what's crazy now is how this housing market is so the house up the street it doesn't i don't think it has as many bathrooms as we have it doesn't have a pool it's not sitting on an acre um our, our house has a lot of curb appeal. Um, we live in the old D-Boy mansion. If y'all know where that is down north, um, you know where I stay at. But um, so like it's a couple blocks west and this house sold for almost 400K. Like that's crazy. Like the whole housing market is wild right now. And and like I'm so tempted to you know put our house up because i know we could definitely definitely sell this bitch for over you know 400 racks because if that house went for like i think it went for like 360 or something like that our house with an acre and a pool in the back and we about to throw a fence around the pool like we have a fence around the backyard where the pool is but now we're about to throw in that another fence around the actual pool and um yeah and with the improvements we made, like we redid the lower level, new carpet and a paint job and shit like that. And um, yeah, and get this sprinkler system working, you know, from the front and backyards. Man, we could really we could get over 400 racks for it. We could definitely list this shit for like 380, 390 or some shit like that. And what's wild is people are, you know, just throwing money. They don't like people are skipping their housing inspection. So like a house would be like, you know, 300 racks. Right. And they'll be like, you know, oh, we're going to offer 315, which is unheard of. Three hundred fifteen thousand dollars and no home inspection. You like so you just about to buy a house and not have a home inspection. So they check out everything from the electrical to the roof to the plumbing appliances. Um, you know, uh, they check for termites and shit like that like you could just be walking into a shit show but 
this market is just so crazy right now. So with this whole quote from uh, Groucho Marx, I'm just so like I said, I joined the 700 Club, you know, paying my bills and, you know, getting my credit cards down and stuff like that and paying my truck note, paying more than needs to be on my monthly truck note so we can hurry and get this damn truck paid off. But I'm just trying to really figure out how to utilize my credit you know to uh you know get some investments going so yeah if y'all have any ideas you know shoot me some emails and shit like that but um the main thing that i want to really really wanted to touch on is with this season this tax season um do something either invest your money or spend it on an experience I know y'all heard me talking about in the in the beginning of uh, Summer Jam screen talking about Disney World and shit like that. Either invest your money or spend it on an experience with you and your family. You know what I'm saying? Do some fly shit with your kids, with your lady, with your man, whatever. Do some fly shit together where y'all can sit around the you know the dining room table and talk about it and have some good memories like just build some good memories don't piss it off all on you know trips to walmart and target or at the mall or buying an expensive piece of clothing or some shit like that do something fly with your family or do something fly for yourself even if you just got like a couple racks back you know what i'm saying if that at all take a solo trip if you ain't got nobody take a solo trip somewhere go and see your favorite comedian go see your favorite rapper singer somewhere just do do an experience you know don't 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 do no bullshit don't just piss it away don't do no sucker shit you know like go out and you know buy a couple of ps5s or some shit and you want for upstairs and one for downstairs you know don't do no silly shit like that don't you know throw some rims on your car or some shit like that do an experience do something that you've never done before do some fly shit and um and remember that feeling because it's going to give you a feeling right so when you get down in the dumps remember that vacation you took um you know what i'm saying remember uh that concert you went to that uh that stand-up uh concert that you went to you know in a different city remember that feeling of you know when you get to the hotel and you just plop down on the bed after a long flight or train ride or however you got there hell even by boat you know just remember that feeling when you're feeling down that's what's so great about an experience and you have a great memory and hopefully you got somebody to share it with um but like i said either invest your money or spend it on an experience don't just piss it away don't nickel and dime that shit and next thing you know you just panicking like oh shit i didn't spend my money on i didn't do an experience like double said you know but this has been episode 196 of do rags and boat shoes uh, much love and respect to everybody out there i appreciate y'all being patient with me i'm still doing these classes um to get certified as a data analyst slash project manager so that's why these episodes be kind of coming sporadically i just been on my days off i'm just knee deep into seminars and excel spreadsheets and shit like that so nothing but love to y'all and um and i'll definitely see y'all soon i'm gonna say that so most likely next week all right peace